if you are redlining in your real estate business, feeling like you're not making any progress, but you're going a thousand miles a minute, you need to slow down, gain some clarity, and you need some much needed focus. You will thoroughly love this conversation with the international best-selling author, the focus coach, Mr. Les Hewitt. Let's go. Welcome to the Russell Westcott Podcast, helping real estate investors like you acquire the inspiration, knowledge, and skills that you need to start, grow, and scale the real estate investing portfolio of your dreams. Hey, gang, welcome back to the podcast. So I hope I got your attention with the opening to today's show. And this one is going to be a fun one. This is um, by far, and this could potentially be one of the largest best-selling authors we have on the podcast, definitely the largest to date. So I have the great honor to introduce you to uh, Mr. Les Hewitt. And Les and I go back quite a ways. And I was, you know, one of Les's coaching clients, and I was being coached by Les personally for better part of two years. And you know what? Les is the author of The Power of Focus. For many of you, if you're in my circles, or you know I've recommended this book many times, many years. Part of my goal-setting process I've learned was I modeled that from Les. I've adapted it from him, plus also Dan Sullivan's work. And Les is just such a wealth of information. And we talk about some pretty in-depth conversation topics. We talk about his new upcoming book, The Five Fundamentals. And really, I just love how Les just simplifies things, how he just calms it down, how he breaks it down into just manageable bite-sized chunks. So what you're going to get from this episode is Les and I talk about the five fundamentals in detail. We're talking about awareness, talk about your focus, talk about relationships, routines, and being resourceful and resourcefulness. So you will thoroughly come back to this episode multiple times over the course of the years. I have a feeling this one might be one of the most popular podcast episodes uh, in the roster when it comes down at the end of the year when I do the year in review and outline the top 10 podcast episodes. I think this one will be one of the ones in the top that you will want to listen to multiple times and you especially will want to share out with people in your life. You want to share out with people in your network. All right, guys. So, you know, without any further fanfare and any further delay and any further ado, let's get right after this conversation. So make sure you stick around right to the end, guys. Got a very special message for you at the end. And with all that being said, let's please help welcome Mr. Les Hewitt. Hey, Les Hewitt. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today, Les? I'm doing great. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity. Well, I know we had a few technical snafus and good old fashioned Zoom will never won't let us down here today. And, uh, you know, just before we dive into it, it just warms my heart to see you, Les. It's been far too long. It was a couple years ago that we had a conversation. Yeah. And first and foremost, how's Fran and the kids and is there grandkids too? How are they doing? No, unfortunately, no grandkids. We're fingers crossed, but uh... well, you better we better get Andrew on that pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Fran's great. She's uh, taken up oil painting. She's quite the talent, actually. I'm quite amazed at the paint. She's done about 30 paintings already in the first six months or something. Is that something that she she wanted to do for a while? Yeah. Or did she ever paint growing up? Or what was that? Yeah, she did a little watercolors many, many years ago. But this is oil painting and um, all sorts of different paintings. 
but she's she's just very talented in that, and it's very relaxing for her. And actually, people are buying them, so <laughs> <laughs> wow, That's, okay. it's good. Andrew's in Australia; he's been all over the world. What's he uh, doing down Australia. there now? Well, he's got a, a buddy, a mentor, um, who has really taken him on a big path. He owns two hundred acres of beautiful property in uh, near Byron Bay. It's just supposed to be I've, been, I've been over to australia a couple of times but not up to byron north of the gold coast just beautiful beautiful property and so he's just really settling in with the pandemic of course he's not going anywhere but he's into um some of the guys that are developing big crypto blockchain all this stuff uh he also was selected as one of the 500 thought leaders this was set up in new zealand it's called the um the Edmund Hillary Fellowship, if you look that up, and uh, there's only 500 people from around the world were invited into this, and he got selected, so it's a big deal. Wow. Just uh, if you do see Andrew, and I know you will, and you talk yeah, to him, yeah. just just tell him I said hello. It's been, yeah, it's well, been way too long yeah. since. Our, since our daughter's in Malaysia. They've been there yeah. six years. They love it. That's Jennifer, right? Jennifer? Yeah. Yeah. Well, whew, that's about, I have to, I have to end on a high note. I got the all memory, right. <laughs> all the names. No, we're all good. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. So many people in my inner circle will know the name Les Hewitt. Les, uh, we did a, a webinar a couple of years ago, helping out some real estate investors. And, and I think it's time we, we bring Les out into a bigger audience. Not that you haven't been to a worldwide audience already, Les, but I don't think there's enough people that know about your work. And um, I, I'm doing my part to try to spread the gospel of the power of focus and what you do. And and Les, I'm going to give you a couple a couple things. First of all, I have multiple copies Whoa. of your of your book in my office. I have the old one, the blue the blue copy, not the yellow copy. Yeah. And I think I got reason why I got multiple copies is because I got them signed. And I'm just trying to figure out was is that your signature or is that Jack's or whose is that one? Uh, that's me. That's you. Okay, good. Yeah. I do have your signature, and I believe this one is Mark Victor Hansen's signature. I believe. Uh, oh, can you? Can't see it very well in that light. It's not focusing. I think that's no. Mark's okay. signature. So, but I'm just going to tell you something: is you need to get on top of Amazon. They're sold out of your book, by the way. Really? Well, yeah, I've been. Well, it's on back order. Yeah, this is in your. This is in your one. Yes. You know that? so that's the 10th anniversary edition, which is still selling very strong, and that came out 10 years ago now. So. Yeah, one of the uh, things I do with all my coaching clients is one of the first gifts I give them as kind of a welcome on board oh. is the the power power of focus book because your goal setting template that you have in here on yeah. page in this copy page ninety and ninety one is absolutely just one of the best goal setting processes I have seen and I still I still use it to this day. Excellent, appreciate yeah. that. So okay, so let, let's dive into it. So I understand, Les, you have a new book that's mm -hmm. upcoming as well maybe give us a little bit of context about the new book. We're going to jump back and forth a little bit between the two, but sure. what's the new book that's coming out? The new book's called The Five Fundamentals, Essential Skills for Building a Meaningful, Prosperous Life. And when is that one coming out? I should have that in my hands end of June. Okay. So I'm going to tongue in cheek and I'm dating this a little bit. So end of June, there'll still be snowing in Calgary. 
<laughs> Probably. Because uh, when we recorded this, was this weekend. So yeah, when we were recording this, it snowed last night. <laughs> so I'm making a, I'm I'm pulling a a sin by dating it by talking about weather on on a podcast that you record differently yeah, exactly. at different times. <laughs> um, less so. We're going to dive into the new book towards the end, but the first okay. one, The Power of Focus, how many copies has it now sold? And uh, I know it's in, what, 21 different languages or 21 countries. How many copies has it now sold? Uh, it's, what, a million from what I can, I don't know the exact number. I haven't looked at it recently, but it's, yeah, it's around a million. Wow. A million copies. Did you ever have that kind of an aspiration when you first put it together? I had no idea what it would do. It was my first book. and But I think the biggest, and we can talk about that later, maybe about leverage, but Jack Canfield and Mark Victor Hansen, of course, the Chicken Soup guys, were my uh, my co-authors by choice. And, uh, you know, that makes a big difference. And that was a strategy, actually, that I used to get some better exposure. Very nice. How did you meet Mark and Jack? How did that come well, together? Well, I used to run um, Achievers Canada seminars, and that was back in the early 80s. And I did that for about 12 years, and we brought really the top speakers of the day from all over the world. And uh, I did about 450 programs in that 12 years. Some of them were like two-day leadership programs. But every month we had a top name come in, whether it was Brian Tracy or Peter Daniels or Zig Ziglar and Jack, of course, and Mark were in that group. So uh, when, yeah. when was that? When was that us? Well, 83, I kicked that off in the, probably one of the worst recessions in Calgary, which out of desperation for me, I just, the company I was working with went bankrupt and um, I was basically out on the street and uh, my wife, uh, she just delivered Andrew. He was only about three months and our daughter was, what, she was three years old. And so it was an interesting time. And we were just starting to build um, a new home, sort of the dream home at the time. And that it all just collapsed. So um, I had brought Jim Rohn in, of course. Uh, Jim's always been my, the master. And uh, we'd done one seminar just before this happened. And uh, I was just brainstorming one, one day. And Jim told me something which I've never forgotten. He said, if you ever get stuck, and I mean in a crisis or any situation that you're not comfortable with, he said, there's always 10 options. And I'd never heard that before. And, and, and he, I said, well, how do I use that? And he said, well, you know, it's really simple. You just get a notepad and you lock yourself away somewhere and you write 10 options and you don't stop until you get 10. And so I was pretty desperate. I went into my basement about midnight one night and I just I'm not moving until I get 10 options and I think it was uh, about the eighth or ninth one that the idea come up to run my own seminar company and uh, I just dived in basically and we brought in Og Mandino was the very first speaker and uh, he'd just flown in from Peru 6,000 people and uh, he arrived in Calgary and we had this not a terrific hotel, but it was it was a decent hotel, and uh, we had a hundred people. And Brian Tracy was the opening act, and nobody knew Brian at that time. And he he gave us a half hour talk, and then Og came on, and of course he was a big famous author and so on. And that was the introduction to Achievers Canada. 
Wow, you're 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 really bringing out some some people from the success library here. I have Ogmandino, I have Brian Trade. Ogmandino was actually one of between that Napoleon Hill. I know you didn't bring Napoleon Hill in, no, ever. no, <laughs> but those were some of the most influential books that I read way back in yeah. the day there too. And you were you were you made seminars popular before they even got popular before Tony Robbins and the and you know Jim Rohn was Tony Robbins mentor originally too yeah of so course yeah did you ever bring Tony through Canada in any of your events not personally we did a lot with we brought every time I could get Jim Rohn I brought him in it was practically every year yeah but the difference was you know Zig and those guys would come in and it would just be a half day or a full day and that was it and so my thought was well, why don't we do a year's worth and I'll sell a package of a full year of seminars. And uh, I didn't know it at the time, but nobody nobody seemed to have done that before. And I just thought, well, it's easier to sell 11 events for the year than every time go back to the audience trying to, <laughs> we've got another guy coming in and to sell them one at a time. And that worked, that just worked great. Well, so, did you did you just do this in Calgary or did you do it across the country? No, we expanded actually. Uh, it was Calgary first and then Edmonton and then we went into Red Deer. So when I brought the speakers in, in in Alberta, they had a little tour. You know, they came in Calgary in the morning and we had about 400 people, mainly salespeople and managers. And in the evening, we had the business owners. And then we flew up to Edmonton. Actually, we drove a lot just to Edmonton. And then we did the same thing there. Then we come back through Red Deer to wrap it up. So we did five events inside two and a half days. And I used to say to the speakers, you know, take a day off in between. Oh, no, no, no. I was. <laughs> they just wanted to do five in a row. And, and of course, I got to hear it five times. And it was like a, an MBA on steroids. I mean, it was yeah. phenomenal. Well, interesting how you you essentially created your own opportunity right so yeah you could have went out and read the books or whatever or you could have just brought the people in and you brought the people in and through just you setting up a business to bring those people through through then through association you got to know all these giants if you will yeah it, it was really really neat you know when you have zig ziglar in the car for three days i mean you're an idiot if you don't ask questions all the way through you know and oh, i had a no. notepad a, a journal all the time and then we expanded out. Um, yeah, we, we we did the we were in the U.S., California, uh, and then we had people in Australia, New Zealand, and even in Ireland, the U.K. So yeah, we got it out pretty far and wide. But I find well, that it's difficult to it's difficult to to go long distance unless you have a really solid team. So I learned a lot of things doing that. But we had a lot of fun. It was great. Wow, that's amazing. So, so we're really just kind of having talked to the uh, the OG, if you will, of of seminars <laughs> across the country here. So, um, wow, that, I didn't know I didn't know all that background there. So, whatever happened to Achievers Canada? Did it did it morph into something else, or did it just yeah, kind of go the way, or did you sell it, or how did whatever happened to it? Well, it was a story about. You know, there was a guy approached me. I won't mention his name, but, you know, he, he said, oh, I love what you're doing here. And I sort of knew him, but didn't really know him but that well. And uh, he said, yeah, I'd love to buy this, you know. So we were along that track. And uh, and then things, he just changed his mind, I guess. And the next thing I knew, he's in competition to me. So, <laughs> and uh, 
but I was feeling after 12 years, 450 events, I mean, I was ready for, you know, a new direction. And so I started my own group coaching after that, did another 12 years of that. Uh, I think you were involved with that. Yeah, that's where Les and I met was I was a student of yours for, for yeah. two, two, two years as part of your power focus coaching group. And uh, some wonderful people that met in there and people come out of there and some amazing masterminds that have formed from there. Yeah. People 12, 15 years later still get together. And I've and I've yeah, seen and, and I know some of these people and the results that this mastermind, it's like billions of dollars of commerce mm-hmm. that have been created out of a lot of these things as well. So. Yeah, no, I, I'm very pleased. I still get emails from a lot of people and very pleased that they're doing so well, you know. And then that transitioned into, of course, the books. So we've done yep. six books. This will be the seventh. And uh, right now, the last few years, I've really concentrated more on uh, just one-on-one with business owners. I really enjoy that challenge. You know, we start with a year and sometimes it ends up three years and four years. But And I only work with like up to 10 people. But I find that very, very rewarding. And uh, I love the challenge of it. The bigger the challenge, the better. So um, that the accent that we're hearing less is that um, North Calgary or what? What, uh, what accent is that uh, we're I think hearing? Mid Atlantic. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you from, Les, Originally, Belfast, Northern Ireland, a nice yeah. quiet little place. Uh, I think you joke and you call it a sleepy little town. Right? Yeah. Well, and it started to get troubled again. Unfortunately, um, back when I left in '74, I mean, it was just a war zone. I mean, the troubles were at their peak at that time, and it was just a really, really bad scene there. So, hmm. so what year did Power Focus first come out? When was that the first? Uh, I came out two thousand. I think was the first one. And I would imagine there was a collaboration. But I, I think based upon a lot of the work I know that you've done with being part of your coaching program, you wrote probably a good portion of this book, if not yeah, the majority. Yeah, I mean, that it. was the deal I had basically with Jack and Mark. I said, "Was they were up their ears and chicken soup," which was good for me because yeah. I mean, it was all over the world. So I said, look, I've, I've already, I sent Jack an outline of the book and he liked it and sent Mark liked it. And I said, look, I'll, I've written pretty much, you know, the book. And I'd love, of course, to get your mentoring and coaching, whatever you want to add to the book. Absolutely. But yeah, I, they were quite happy with it. So um, Jack particularly was really good at coaching me and it worked out really well. Yeah. And, you know, it didn't hurt having the chicken soup for the soul people behind the marketing and putting their name on on a book to get it onto a global stage quite quickly. Yeah. I mean, that's why I talk about the importance of leverage. You know, whatever business you happen to be in, you should always be thinking, how how do I get leverage from my position at the moment to to make a quantum leap type of thing? And that was my strategy. You know, I had known Jack and Mark through the seminars, obviously, and we were friends. And uh, I just said, I got a book in my head. I've got an outline. Would you guys like the co-author? And, you know, they were happy to do that. But there's an interesting story. I'm not sure if you, you might've heard this before, Russell, but I had no idea how to get a publisher. And I was in Jack's office in, um, down in California. And we were in the room and I said, how do I get a publisher? And he just said, well, hang on a minute. And he lifts the phone and he phones the publisher of, HCI who did all the chicken soup books and uh, he he gets the publisher on the phone he said uh, Peter I've got got a friend of mine in my office Les Hewitt we're going to do a book when can we do it and there's a pause you know for about 15 seconds and then he, he has the phone and he says okay thanks a lot bye 
And he says, we're doing it next May. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, that's just powerful leverage. You know, I I would have been running around three or four months with nobody knowing me as an author. And it's, it's not easy. So it was, it was the absolute best type of leverage I could get. And I'm very grateful for it. Yeah. And now to just pull a, a Dan Sullivan quote here of a, one of his latest books, is it's the who, not the how. So you really just found the who who could literally pick up a telephone to make a phone call. And all of a sudden you get to stand on the, their shoulders as you move forward and get your, your first book published. Yeah. And the thing is, like for anybody listening, um, if you're running a business, I always say at the beginning of the year, who are the five people that will give you the greatest leverage in the next 12 months? And and to really have that strategy is something to focus on. And, you know, I find interesting, a lot of people don't seem to do that. They just sort of get, they're into their own thing. And But there's all sorts of people that can just make you jump so fast. Yeah. And of course, it's building relationships as well with those people. Yeah. So so you literally took that from out of almost desperation to create Achievers Canada to get all those speakers to come across to then eventually turned into a wonderful book and coaching program. And you literally turned that into a franchise. Like most of your books are all based around the focus, right? The focus. Yeah. That was focus, one, thing, university. Yeah. one thing I learned. I don't know if it might've been Mark that mentioned that. He said, but he said, if you've got a book that's got some legs, he said, make sure you make it a series and it, uh, chicken soups of the gorilla in the room type of thing. I mean, it's it's got 230 titles now, I think. It's up to 500 million books sold around the world. And they were a machine. It was a fascinating thing to be on the inside of that and see how they marketed that. And it was very simple. You know, they just collected stories. And then after a while, they they had other people vetting the stories and they had a a grade, a grade system, one to 10. The, the, the book had to get a 10 or every story had to get a 10 before it would be published. So it was a very simple marketing system, but you know they knew stories work because in the seminars we all tell stories. As a speaker, uh, you've got to have stories, and um, that's what I think. That's it was a bit like Reader's Digest, except it was on a much bigger platform. Well, and you know, to be truly honest, right now I think more than ever people have now been you know we're coming off of a pandemic and whatever it's going to look like after we're done. People have now been at home for almost a year and there's lockdowns and things like that. And people have been on the internet more than ever and books on, po- you know, Audible is probably more popular than ever now. And people yeah, are just, sure. are, are probably starving for story right now. So what are some of the, you know, you have a global perspective on things last. So what are some of the biggest challenges you see business? Let's talk business context first, that some of the businesses are bumping up against right now. Well, it's interesting. I just um, had a lady just yesterday who I've been in touch with over the last couple of years from Kiev and Ukraine. And she was really keen to get me out there on a speaking tour. And uh, of course, I would I find that very intriguing because I've never been there. Uh, somewhere new always attracts me. And she, they're just having a horrendous time. She said the economy is just really, really tough. She had a partner in her business running these events and that split up. And then the pandemic, of course. And I've kept in touch a little bit, you know, over the last couple of years. And she's still keen to get events going, but it's just a lot of stress. Companies are just really tightening up with spending in that space. So, yeah, 
But otherwise, uh, the people I coach one-on-one, it, there's a lot of anxiety about the future. Uh, I find not not a lot of things have changed. I mean, I think business owners or entrepreneurs, they face all these challenges. You know, sometimes your cash flow struggles are, uh, you know, a, a pretty common thing. Finding customers, keeping them, feeling overwhelmed because you're trying to control everything and just building a team and the, the struggles with relationships and with people. Just a whole bunch of things. And I find, you know, a lot of... Even some experienced business owners are struggling with clarity about the future and direction. And often it spills over to home. You know, there's anxiety at home and tension at home. And and COVID is certainly on the mental health side of that. We experience it to this day right here in Calgary, you know. Yeah. So there's there's not a lack of challenges, if you will, for, for things. No, and it and it goes across the board. It doesn't, it's not any one industry. You know, they might say, well, the oil and gas industry is really tough in Calgary. Well, it is. I don't tend to work with big corporations. You know, I'm much like the smaller business, the small growing businesses. There's really, that's the people I like to work with. Yeah. So, so let's just, you know, let's put it this way. We could spend a week talking about every one of those things you just talked about. Um, do you mind if we unpack a couple of those? Sure. For, so, so let's, let's, um, let's unpack a little bit about clarity. Mm-hmm. Right. And then let's also unpack something about if someone's feeling stuck right now. So those, uh, and I would have a feeling they probably go hand in hand a little bit, but uh, let's talk about, so let's say we're, someone's listening to this and uh, yeah, they're very well aware of everything that's going on, but they're maybe just lacking a little bit of clarity about what's the next step for them. How do you help somebody out with that as the, you know, the focus coach? Well, Awareness is one of the five fundamentals. So, and it's the first one, actually. And I think it was Jim Rohn said, you know, awareness is the first step to progress. So, if you're not aware of what's going on, you're not slowing down enough to just take a good look. I'm using this thread through the book the five fundamentals yeah let's let's dive into that let's 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 put the book into practice on a couple problems right um well the way i look at it is you know there's a lot of topics that you can create what i call a ledger so on clarity you know it's a very simple two sides to the ledger like an accountant or bookkeeping keeper would do on the one side it's very simple it's what's working well about clarity and on the other side, it's what's not working well about clarity. And I mean, it's, it might, might sound very simple, but simple things work in my experience. And so you just take some time and really reflect on that, always in writing or on your computer, whatever way you want to do it. And then you take a look at both sides of the ledger and you say, well, I'm pretty clear on this and clear on this. Over here, I just haven't got a clue. And it gives you a framework to start from. But the bigger picture, really, for most people is, in business particularly, they're so busy, you know, with all the things they're attempting to do. Uh, I think really successful people take a couple of weeks off throughout the year. Bill Gates does this, apparently. He takes two one-week getaways to his cabin or wherever, and he just starts reading and reflecting and thinking about ideas and so on. And you've got to take that reflective time to get clarity. Because if you're going 100 miles on a treadmill all the time every week, you're not going to get a great idea at that, at that speed. You're just not. And so a very simple one is, you know, at the end of the week, just take an hour to reflect 
on what's working well, what's not working well. Yeah. And you, you coined something, I think it was the first time I ever heard it was, it was essentially you had it like it was a no, what is it called? No exception policy. Yeah. That's more about habits. Yeah. Okay. That's when you're forming a habit, you know, there's just, if you're going to exercise three times a week, it has to be three times a week and otherwise it'll never be a habit. So clarity. So let's go through the five fundamentals of the book. So fundamental number one is uh, awareness, correct? What's the second fundamental? Is focused. Let me touch it. One of the biggest things about awareness and I, very much to do with clarity yep. is I created this thing years ago with my son, Andrew, and we call it your life movie. And basically the question is, where do you want to be in the next three years? What do you want to do? More importantly, who do you want to become in the next three years? And I find that busy owners in business just do not take the time to do that. And we've done it. You know, you can set goals. Like the Power of Focus book is a a pretty good goal-setting, simple framework. I think we've just taken it to another level. We call it a life movie because it's a slideshow. And basically, you choose life categories that are most important to you. And so that could be, of course, your business or career, financial, family, relationships, health, vacations, whatever you want want to put in there. And then we we sit down and we we create these very powerful statements about each of those categories based on a three-year window. So looking into the future, uh, they make these statements, and we don't have time to get into all the detail of that, but they come up with these very powerful statements about what they see in the future. And then they put visuals to it. So if somebody says, oh, my big dream as far as the next vacation would be, would be a tour of Europe right? And so we have very strong statements about that and about how they feel about accomplishing that. And then, of course, you can go on the internet, you can pull all sorts of great photos about Europe. And uh, they have a collage and they're looking at like a real visual. These statements anchor it. And then they do that through all the categories. And you might end up with a slideshow of about five to 10 minutes. I think mine's eight minutes at the moment. Uh, And then you layer over your favorite music at the end of it. Music that inspires you. It could be one song. I've got three on mine. Uh, It could be instrumental music. But when you put the statements with the visuals and the music, it's really powerful. And the first thing I do with new people I'm coaching is together we create that movie. I don't do anything before they do that. And then they watch it for 31 days in a row. Every morning, first thing they do is watch the movie. What that does is it engages the self-conscious. And by the end of 31 days, you are super clear about what you want to see happening in the next three years. And then as a coach, my role is simply to help them live that movie. And the next step, once they've got it done, they've watched it for 31 days, then we just pick strategies for whatever part of the movie they want to work on. So you want to have a great vacation? Okay, how are we going to make that happen? When are you going to take the time off? What sort of financing do you need for that? And where are you going to go? And it's just step by step by step. And you can do it in any category you like. And of course, business, more sales, more profit, whatever you want. Relationships at home. But it's the most powerful thing I've done about clarity. Well, you've just given me some ideas. I get a lot of my coaching clients to do, uh, we do vision boarding. 
is one of the first yeah, things yeah, as, a, as a starting point. But but I think you've just taken this to the next. So if any of my coaching clients are listening, don't be surprised if you have to start putting a movie together next. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't look. That's uh, copyright. <laughs> oh, sorry, Les. I'll, I will. I hey, I I've probably bought about two hundred and fifty of your books over the years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm teasing. I'm teasing. But that's no, no I. Let's put it this way. I am a firm believer at 100 giving credit where credit is due, where something comes. And I know in you the are. Age, in the age of the internet, it's it's shocking how many people are just passing off other people's quotes as their own thing. It's it's quite shocking yeah, when you not, see it. Not good. It's, yeah. not, it's a little hard work to make those things and create things that uh, take life. It usually takes years to perfect them. So. Yeah. Well, thank you for for sharing that. That's a fantastic framework for clarity from there. So, uh, Les, did you want to jump back into the new book on talking about the yeah, five fundamentals? Yeah, well, let me give you the five fundamentals. Awareness yeah, is the first one. Focus, obviously. Number three is relationships. Number four is routines. And the fifth one is resourcefulness. Which uh, are you, for time's sake, uh, do you want to jump into two of them? Yeah, which, yeah. Two, which two would you like to jump into with some good some good well, storytelling? I mean, focus is still yep. a hot topic, you know, especially in the business world and small business owners. You know, they they seem overwhelmed at times, and part of it is just they're trying to do too much, or they're not doing the most important things related to what they're really good at. Okay, well, um, how about we go there? How does somebody how yeah. does somebody find out that? Like, how does somebody... Well, it's a simple exercise. I actually did this with Jack Canfield a lot of years ago. And I was down in his office. And, and you know, they were super busy. And he was getting a bit of the overwhelming stuff happening. And so the first thing is basically, you know, make a list of all the, all the things you actually do in a typical week at, in business. And, you know, you're obviously in meetings. You're making phone calls. You're creating things. And you make that as detailed as possible. I don't mean every phone call, but if it's phone calls, then what type of phone calls? You make phone calls to prospects, you make it to suppliers, you know, that type of a list. And it's interesting, you know, I think some of the people I've worked with, like they end up with 70 things on their list in a typical week and that they're attempting to do. And so the next part of it is write down the three biggest strengths that you have, your natural talents in the business, what drives the business as far as you're concerned. And often what happens, Russell, is they look at the, you know, they, they, they don't know what to write down. You know, it's very interesting that, and if you're clear talking about clarity again, those are on the tip of your tongue. You don't have to think about it. But it's interesting, so many people are so busy they have to think about it because they don't, they don't know what the top three are. And so for me right now, it's, um, well, it's coaching, writing, and creating products. And when I stay in that sandbox most weeks, and I mean like 80% of the time, that's where I'm, that's what drives my business. And those are things that energize me. When I'm coaching, I love coaching. I love the challenge of it. I enjoy writing. I I wordsmith. I I play with words. I really enjoy that part of it. And that's where the books come up. And the other thing is just launching new products. And I'm doing a whole lot of work with kids at the moment. Maybe I can tell you a bit more about that later. But yeah, well, definitely. I want to find out what's what's on the horizon next for you. So we, we we've got this list. Here's all the things you do in a typical week. Here's the three things you do best. And then when you look at those two. The big, big question that 
requires honesty, brutal honesty. And it's a best guess. It's what percentage of your time do you actually spend on the three things you do best that drive the business? And the shocking statistic over many years of doing this, it comes out business owners, the lowest is like 5% of the time up to about 35%. And the rest of that time, even at 35%, 65% of their time is scattered doing all sorts of other things. And and I have met people who said 5%. Wow. Ideally, which what should it be like? Obviously, higher the better, but well, I mean, ideally, if, what, if what do you like to work towards? Well, I think it's the old 80-20, you know, that, I mean, you're not going to get 100% in a typical week, but you should be shooting for 80%, which means the vast majority of your time is doing the things you love doing and the things that you actually do very well related to the business. Now, just to to bring this back home for the majority of the people that are going to be watching and listening to this will be business owners, entrepreneurs, and real estate investors. So guys, for most of you, just and I'm just going to look at myself in a mirror when I think about this, I need to, my primary focus, I need to focus on content. I need to focus on things that I'm doing like right now as podcast, YouTube videos, those things, analyzing deals and raising capital. Those are my priorities. When I start getting into property management or accounting or admin or any of those other kind of stuff, it actually just shuts me down. And I just can't, I'm not good at it. I just, I just know I'm, and the other thing is I'm not good at it. I deflect it. I bury my head from it and then it just gets worse. Right. (laughs) So how do you combat that or help somebody is, so I, I get it in theory. We got our three priorities that we should be focusing our time, but what about all this other stuff that needs to do? Is it that where you start building the team out or how do you, cause you can't neglect those things too, right? Yeah. Personally, I outsource the vast majority of that. I mean, as far as bookkeeping goes, and I, I was like you years ago, Russell, the way you're, you're explaining it. I mean, I hated bookkeeping and, and I didn't have to do a lot of it, but I'd throw everything in a box, literally the shoe box type of thing. And I find this lady who used to work at a bank and then she quit the bank and she started a little bookkeeping thing in her basement, a couple of, and this is when I was just starting Achievers. And I went over to her one day and said, look, I don't, this isn't what I do best. I can't be doing this paperwork all the time. Would you do my, my bookkeeping? And she said, she looked at it and said, no, this is really easy, but maybe four or five hours, you know, to do it every month. And I said, well, how much would you charge me? She said, $25 an hour. So for 125 bucks, I got all my books looked after for years. And here's the thing. Her name was Eileen. What Eileen was brilliant at was book work. She loved it, loved it. And I was just glad to hand the box over and say, you figure it out and send me the statement and everything else. Yeah. Some people just like the puzzle and like, you know, like things being in a box, right? So there's... My wife is very much that way too. And that's one of the things I love about her. Sometimes I'm ideas and I'm all over the place, but well, my wife. Entrepreneurs do. We're all full of ideas. And, uh, you know, I remember one guy in Victoria, I think it wasn't, and he had so many ideas. And I had to stop him and say, You'll never do those ideas. You'll never have a chance of doing. Here's the good news you only need to do one or two super well, and you can have a lifestyle that whatever you want, you can have it. 
you can't do 70 ideas. <laughs> well, that's why I love my wife so much is because she's very good at kind of bringing me back to, okay, what's, what is the container? What are you going to do? What is, you know, it's just, she just gets my feet a little bit more planted on the ground as opposed to in the clouds. And, and she's just very good at what do we got to do? What's the work that has to be done? And let's just systematically just do it type thing as opposed to, well, I can't, I've got an idea moving and shaking and grooving and the deals on the go. And yeah, that's well, why this I, is where, you know, but the other part of it realistically in a business is, I mean, I'd source all you can. The other thing though, is, you know, if you're building a team, the hiring is the other big issue. People get hired. They don't have the skill sets. Uh, they're not a good fit for the team. And I mean, I was terrible at hiring people. I just, I didn't have a clue. And I was just, it was a hope and a prayer, basically. And Well, it's just you needed somebody so bad. It's just like, oh, somebody's here, first person. Good, you yeah. sound good. And, and a sales team. I mean, there's brilliant sales managers that build terrific teams. And by the way, I need to give a plug to my buddy, Mike Weinberg. Mike Weinberg wrote, first book was New Sales Simplified. It's one of the best books ever written about sales. New Sales Simplified. Okay. And he followed that, that up with a couple of other ones, big bestsellers. And I've known Mike for a few years now, and um, he's a really straight shooter. That's the way he writes. He's blunt. He tells it the way it is. But you need specialists to be in those roles. If you want somebody to build a team, you better have somebody who really knows how to build a team. And I find often, you, I'm sure you've seen this in real estate, a really top realtor gets promoted into management. Well, they actually got demoted into management because they're probably, most of them are not good managers. They're not built to be managers. And yet, oh, you're a great salespeople. Now I will give you a promotion. You're going to manage the whole company. And it doesn't work for most people. Yeah, most people just, that one exercise of in and of itself of just figuring out your three biggest strengths and talents and just spending the majority of your time on that right there will be worth the time to listen to this. Yeah, well, let, let me tell you just the, the strategy for helping to do that, because people have these massive to-do lists, and, and it's still going on. And, you know, I, I said years and years ago, design your week, get out of the day-to-day thing, design your week. It makes a massive difference in the way you see things. So first thing on a Monday morning, you should before you open in any email or do anything else, get up half an hour early if you need to. Do it at home before you go to the office. Take 30 minutes and just make a list. of These are the most important actions I need to take this week. And then when you've got that list, and don't make it too long, is that you say, okay, what are my absolute top three priorities that I want to get finished by Friday, end of day, presuming a five-day week? And when you select those top three, the, the next thing you do is you go in your calendar and you take your calendar out for the week and you figure out how much time it's going to take to get those three things done. And you, you block focus time. And focus time means you only concentrate on that one thing, 100%. You don't look at emails. You don't take phone calls. If it's an hour and a half or two hours, the only thing you do is that one thing. That's focus. That's what makes the difference. Not trying to be a multitasker. All the research proves it doesn't work. It makes you ineffective, not more effective. But when you can flex your focus muscle, and maybe you're good at 15 minutes to just 
lock into one thing. Then it'll go to 30 minutes. And before you know it, you've got an hour. And then sometimes you get up, it's half a day. You can just take one thing and put your head into it and uh, use Baroque music for, for helping you to concentrate. All those little things help. I still use Baroque music every single day. And yeah. now not Baroque as Baroque, right? The, it's a style of music. Yeah. Right? Well, there's a, there's a lot of other types now as well. I, I use all sorts of stuff. But that's what helps you concentrate. And uh, you'll be far more effective. You get far more done when you concentrate on one thing. And it's only, you probably don't, or any business owner who's struggling with this, you probably don't need to have more than about four or five hours of real focus time in a week to get those big three things done for most people. And uh, it, it makes a massive difference. And the other thing that you, I find is your confidence goes way up. If you get to the end of the week and it's three out of three, you know, you're going to feel good. And if you do that week after week, most weeks, your momentum just absolutely grows. Now, I think about any company where they could get the whole team to do this. And if all that happened was productivity went up 10%, when they got into that plan of just using focus time and designing their week, productivity will go through the roof. Les, you're, you're, you're making this way too simple. Like, like it's, you know, reflect on at the beginning of the week of what you need to get done. Pick three things, focus three to four hours on it and get things done. Is, do we as a human species sometimes overcomplicate things? Oh, absolutely. That's, that's the, one of the biggest things in the new book is keeping it simple. I mean, it, we are bombarded with information. You know, you go on the internet for to find one little thing and an hour and a half later, you're still on it because there's so many things distracting you. And that's only one thing, Never mind social media and all this. Like, I think you asked me, um, what are you on social media? The answer is nothing. <laughs> How lucky are you actually? Well, it's a choice. But the way you, incre- the way you increase focus, I mean, of course it doesn't happen overnight. But I mean, if you practice... And don't worry if you don't get three out of three every week, you probably won't, but you just keep working at it. You find sometimes you're, the tasks that you're setting for yourself are way too big. The time frame's not realistic. I had one of the guys up from Rand years ago, I remember this. He sent me his calendar for the week. He said, I can't, I can't make this work, this design your week thing. And I said, send me your calendar. And I looked at the calendar. Oh my goodness. <laughs> he had... And he, he wrote it in pen, and there wasn't a centimeter of white space on that calendar. And I think he had about 60 things he was attempting to do in a week. And one of them was create a new business plan for the year. This was In, in one week. <laughs> and I, I, I phoned him back, and I, he said, well, did you discover uh, anything that would improve? Yeah, I discovered what the problem is. You. <laughs> because, I mean, it was insane. And I said, simplify. You've got either delegate a bunch of this stuff. And of course, he wasn't using his three strengths anywhere near the amount of time he needed to. But it takes practice like everything. It's not going to happen overnight. But I'll tell you, when it, when it really starts to work, you won't believe the difference. And you'll have a lot more time off as well. Wow. And you know what? At the end of the day, one of the reasons why we do all these things is so we can have the freedom to do what we want to do and make a contribution, make a difference and help others and things like that. It's not being human doings, it's being human beings. And the other thing about focus, Russell, that is a real struggle for many business people is if you're not taking one full day off 
and this is from the original books, obviously. But if you're not taking one full day off to regenerate, take the break. In a day off, I think it was Dan Sullivan said this when I was working with him. It's 24 hours. It's not eight hours, which is the average answer when you say, how many hours is a day off? Well, six to eight hours. Well, that doesn't work. And so whatever day you choose to take off, it's got absolutely nothing to do with work. And if you can't do that, your business is not working well. And when you do take that day off where you are, if you're spending family time or whatever, be there 100%. Don't be mentally somewhere else. Don't well, be. This is where the either. phones come in. You know, I, I only started using a cell phone about six years ago because I wanted to prove that, you know, and my business is a little different at this stage, but I could work perfectly happily without a cell phone. And uh, of course I use it now, but I don't use it very much. <laughs> so, but you see people all day long. I mean, that's, that's all they do. And their day off is on the, everything that rings on the phone or whatever emails coming in. You've got to set boundaries and say, and tell other people, I am not available. I am off tomorrow yeah. all day. And that helps you focus because you come back, rejuvenate it, you've reset. And then when you take vacation, like if you're going to take a week off, take a real week. Nothing to do with work. Yeah, and if, it's you, a... if you don't have a team that can support that, then uh, who are encouraging you to go and take a week off because you need it, then whatever, whatever you're doing isn't working. No, I so. totally understand. I didn't mean to jump over you there a couple of times there, less. You know, I think it's pretty sobering when sometimes when people on Sundays get their average screen usage time on their devices and stuff like that. <laughs> it's a pretty sobering number when you still see it. I, I've literally this last, I'm on my second week of a social media fast, in essence. Now, I haven't been perfect. I will do that. I have not posted. I have not put anything on there for a week and a bit, but it's sometimes you just you sit there and everything, when you start reading it and start looking at it, and it's not that you're trying to you want to argue, but it just, it, you just start feeling anxious about it. Like everything, like it's just, I don't know. It's, it's, well, people are addicted to it. You know, it's actually um, classified now as a medical addiction. The people just can't get off their phones and off their screens in general. Yeah. And that's pretty, uh, pretty sad. Wow. So let's let's circling back to your to the book here, Les. I know we've sorry, we've guys, we've kind of jumped around a lot, but when you have someone with this much experience and wisdom, I just want to try and get as much in as I possibly can. So so the new book, once again, when is it gonna probably hit the shelves? Like for pre-sales? When can somebody well, probably I, pick it up? We're actually not we're I'm self-publishing. So Okay. And then maybe it's a good point just for a moment to say, why am I doing this book? You know, four years ago I turned 70. And so I had a big question to ask myself, what am I going to do for the next chapter? <laughs> and so I asked myself two questions. And again, this helps with clarity. If you get to that stage, what's next? And so the two questions I asked myself, Russell, were, what's the two things I really enjoy the most? So coaching came up right away. And I thought, yeah, I still want to coach people. Not a lot, but one-on-one, -on -one, absolutely. I'll take a handful of people to work with. Uh, we'll spend a year together. Love doing that. And the second one was soccer. And I've always been a huge football fan, which is the proper word. Yes. <laughs> Since I was a kid in Ireland, you know, it was soccer was the number one sport. 
And so I just reflected on that. How could I bring both of those together? And I didn't have a clue really how I was going to do it. But things happen when you're focused on things. And I met this man, Jean-Claude Munyazamu from, he's from Rwanda originally, set up a charity in Calgary, helping refugee kids and families. And he had this thing called Soccer Saturday. And in the area that he lived in Calgary, every Saturday, all these kids from these social housing projects would come out into the local park and they just played soccer for two hours, all ages. And so he invited me along and I loved it. It was, it was great. I hadn't kicked the ball in ages. And uh, I ended up coaching the 14 to 18 year olds. And a lot of these kids play on teams like, and they're good, they're good players. A lot of them. And, and then I started coaching them a little bit on personal development during the Saturday morning. And that seemed to go over well. And then I said to him about six months later, you know, I'd like to take a small group of these kids, the teenagers, and every Sunday night, let's take a room in in one of the social housing projects. And every Sunday night, we'll spend a couple of hours there. And I'm just going to see how interested they would be in personal development. I ended up doing that for six months with 11 11 kids. And uh, I basically taught them a lot of the stuff that I taught in business, except I adapted it to, you know, their age group. And uh, they really, really enjoyed it. They actually exceeded my expectations. And so I ended up giving them a big exam in writing. Uh, They all passed. We had a big celebration. And then that transformed into five-day camp. So we've done one full five-day camp. We take 24 kids, uh, indoor soccer facility. I teach them the five fundamentals through the week. And uh, we have a great lunch every day. And in the afternoon, we play soccer for about two and a half hours. And we have a tournament that goes on in the afternoon. And we reinforce what we taught them in the morning through soccer in the afternoon. And I have a really great soccer coach comes in and he organizes the whole thing. And I get to play, which (laughs) which is great. So we have really big plans for this to really expand this. And COVID just put a pause to it. We hope to get going again with a couple of camps in the summer. Wow. That's a, what an interesting concept, tying the beautiful game, the world's largest game, essentially with a need for some really good personal development and starting with a younger generation and then building upwards. Yeah. And these kids are struggling. I mean, there, there are a lot of them are immigrants, refugee families, and even in school, you know, they come over here, they don't speak the language, all that sort of stuff. But back to the book, the reason I'm doing the book, and it's not just a book, it's a whole package, there's a whole digital package coming with it, audio and all that, because uh, a big, big chunk of the profits is going to the kids to, to fund these camps. And I think that's another thing. It was Andrew shared this with me a few years ago. He said, Dad, there's a new, there's a new way of doing business. We call it a for-benefit model. And I got really interested in this. So the power of focus, I now want to be what we call a for-benefit business. That means the business is driven by a cause. And the cause for me right now, of course, is the kids. I want to, I want to have 50,000 teenagers go through those five-day camps in the next five years. And we've got the whole strategy all laid out. We know how we're going to do it. We know how we're going to leverage it and everything else. So the business is driven by that cause. 
No, I still do my books and products. That's what's going to help fund these camps. And we're starting a supporters club as well. And not going into all the details, but here's the difference. I did a, a survey on contribution by Canadian businesses, everything from big corps to small businesses. And what do they contribute each year on average? The result came out national survey, three to 5%. So three to 5% of annual profits are given to worthy causes, right? And it's great. And the banks, if the banks give 5%, it's a lot of money. But my for benefit means you give more. So the way I'm testing this is by selling the books and this package that's coming out primarily is that we're given 50% of our net profits to the cause to run these camps and help those communities. It's not just the kids, it's the communities as well benefit. Uh, and we want to prove that model works. Yeah. Are you in a position where you're growing it and scaling it and bringing it out on a bigger basis? And what I'm trying to get to is if somebody likes what you've just talked about as the mission and they maybe want to get involved, is there some way, shape or form yeah, that I somebody mean, can is, reach this, out to you? This is a big international program. It's not just local. So yeah, anybody's interested and want to talk to me, absolutely. I'd be happy to talk to them. Where would be the best place to get hold of you? I just give you my phone number, 403-295-1115. Hang on. Did you just give your phone number out there, Les? <laughs> why, why does that shock people? <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's funny. I, I give my note all the time, and I'm shocked that not enough, not as many people use it. Well, I, I hear people saying, oh, you can't give your phone number out because, you know, you're supposed to be a an expert in something so they don't give their phone numbers out. I mean, that's the sort of nonsense that goes on in the world these days, and it's just rubbish. One more time, the number 403-295-1115. And if anybody's interested in one-on-one coaching, I can chat with you. If you run a business, you have to own a business. Absolutely. And, and, you know, this isn't for somebody who's just kind of like a, maybe a little getting started stuff. This is somebody that has a serious uh, business that wants to take it to scaling potentially. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, wow, what a wonderful gift that is. What a wonderful mission that you're on there right now. So guys, I'm so energized by this. These kids are un- unbelievable. And we've so they've, got... they've taken years off off, off you there. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm, uh, people say, retire? Are you serious? <laughs> it's too much fun. <laughs> so that's primarily the next focus for you is the next phase of... Yeah, that's really you... what I yeah. want to... That'll be my 80%. Wow. So one more time, guys, the book, it's called The Five Fundamental. Is that, is that, is that title stu- uh, oh, set yeah, in stone? It's all, it's all done. Yeah. Uh, maybe just, I know we bounced around a little bit. Maybe if you can just give what those five fundamentals are, Les, sure. just, to, just to kind of wrap it for everybody. And then I got yeah. one, one final question here for you. Okay. Awareness, focus, relationships, routines, and resourcefulness. And that last one with the pandemic is, is a big one today. You know, a lot of people are on their knees practically in business and really worried if they can hang on, particularly the small businesses. But that one thing I talked about, you've got 10 options. I mean, that's the first thing I would do. If, if anybody's stuck and they really feel stuck, force yourself to write 10 options. And probably one of them will jump out that you weren't expecting. Yeah, that's a brilliant exercise that I use all the time. And another exercise I share with people is if you don't know what to do, 
write out everything you don't know what you don't know what to do. Like, I don't know this. I don't know this. I don't know this. Eventually, you have an entire big whiteboard, a piece of paper of everything you don't know how to do. Eventually, there's one thing on there you do know how to do. Start from there. Yeah. And again, it's what you do best. You know, it's, it's, we're all talented. We've all been given gifts and part of life's figuring out what those are. And then what, you know, where can you provide a service or a product, a niche that really requires your talent? And um, if you're just starting out, you know, mentors are terrific. I was so fortunate to have all those mentors. You know, the speakers that came in was just unbelievable. Yeah, and we're all extremely fortunate that we get to, through you, have all those mentors being channeled through your brilliance at the well, same time. Well, it's been a privilege. It really has. It's been a privilege to do it. So Yeah. Before we sign off here, I have one final question I do want to ask you, Les, but I just wanted to offer you something. I wanted to... I have to just sometimes slow it down because I get excited when I get cranking away. And sometimes I just, coming from the heart, I just wanted to just thank you. A lot of what, who I am as a person today is a lot of some of the work and foundation and footings that we poured a long time ago to before. And I've been very blessed with having so many amazing mentors and 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 people in my life. And I'm just finding it's when you've been blessed, you need to be a blessing to others. And I just want to, sh- I think more people know need to know about Les Hewitt. More people need to dive into what you're all about, pick up your books. It truly will, this is cliche, it really is, but it truly will change your life. And it did for me of reading the book, going through being coached by you for two years. And it has shaped an awful lot of people who you will never, ever meet less have been shaped because of that at the same time. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. I can feel your heart. And uh, it's always been a privilege, Russell. You you are helping so many people as well. I'm excited about the podcast. It's something I've got in my head down the road a little bit, you know, to help market with the kids. Well, you're doing a great job. Well, thank you. So I don't mean to... Nice. Thank you. Interesting to know, Les, is I, I'm going back to a lot of these things that you actually had started way back in the day from Power of Focus, the Audio Club. You were right. before a podcast even was a podcast. Yeah. You were like before Joe Rogan's and before everybody else, you had this audio podcast of the month thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's it's amazing on how things have pivoted and shifted and, and, and stuff like that. But a lot of that, like one of the things is, in, in Power of Focus, you talk about interviewing three people that are successful, mm-hmm. right? And just going and sitting down and interviewing them. And that's how I met Don Campbell for the first time, was after reading this. And I was part of the Real Estate Investor Network. I sent Don a note and we sat down and had a had a, an interview because, from that and turned into a wonderful relationship. And he's been a wonderful mentor of mine yeah, at the same time. And a lot of these concepts that you've have put out have been you know, tweaked and changed, but the the core fundamental knowledge and wisdom is still there. And I I credit you all the time for that. Thank you. (laughs) And fundamentals, they never change. I mean, those five, I took a lot of time selecting those. This is an awful lot of, there's a big body of work, obviously. But you know, the truth is, I've worked with people just using those five things and, and it, it does change your life. If you, if you get serious about it and really just focus on those five things, you, you really can transform anything you're not happy with. Yeah, uh, It's that powerful and it's simple. It really isn't that complicated. 
And, and, you know, maybe I think nowadays people are just doing the same. It's almost the same fundamentals they're sharing, but now they drop a few more F-bombs in it or something <laughs> for, for effect. Yeah. It, you know, Jim Rohn, I don't know if you remember, but he said early on in his seminars, you know, he said, yeah, and some people like the curse and swear, you know, and they're on a stage. And so the only comment I can make about that is you'll turn off about 40 percent of your audience. And if that's okay with you, go right ahead. <laughs> and I mean, that's where I stand. So, yeah. Les, I usually like to leave off here with a little inspiration towards the end. So, if somebody is, and I know you've worked around the globe internationally helping people get unstuck. So, if somebody's sitting here and they're listening to this, or maybe they're watching this, and they're just feeling a little stuck and they're feeling a tinge of some inspiration from here. What could be maybe a, a final story or something that you can share with people to help people get unstuck, to just help move, help them move forward with what's next? Well, I think the truth is that everybody experiences difficulty in life. It's not the perfect graph that keeps going up. And I think it's how you embrace that. I had another fantastic mentor, George Adair from Phoenix, and, and he ran this four-day intensive personal development program. And, and he was the best facilitator I've ever met in my life. He sadly passed away a few years ago. But I sat down with him once and I was struggling. I can't remember what it was, but it was something fairly major. And he said, you know, if you take a look at your life, this is where you start when you're born. And this is where you're going to end up whatever year that happens to be. And he said, you know, you can plot your life as you go along. And your life is just simply a whole series of events. And he said, people get stuck in their events. And so he, he took my event, whatever it was, and he said, and what age are you? So here's where you are on the, on the linear scale. This is you at age, whatever it was. And he said, this is your event. This event isn't going to last the rest of your life. And so if you were to take a helicopter view of that event, you're up a thousand feet and you're looking at your life on a line this is where you are, but this event will pass. And it may not work out the way you want it, but it will pass. It isn't your whole life. And you'll get on to the next event. And every event that you go through, you'll get experience. And as long as you learn whatever that lesson was or lessons were in these events, especially the tough ones, then you're going to be more and more prepared every year as you get older. And that was the one piece of wisdom I thought was, what? I'd never heard anybody say that. And it's so simple. But one event isn't your life. You'll figure it out. And one of the things to do is have a great group of people around you that the mastermind idea is a, a great thing. I've still got my mastermind, by the way. We're at 36 years or something. And uh, we still get together. And there's only three of us now. But when I look back over those years and the issues we've wrestled with and figured out just because we were able to brainstorm and have that relationship and the camaraderie, it's been amazing. So other people can help you and events finally change. COVID will go away. Get on with the rest of your life and learn from every event that you go through. Wow. Couldn't say that better myself. So 
Les, thank you as always. Just uh, this is very gracious for you to offer this hour and a bit of your time. I know how busy you are with many things and how focused you are with your time. And uh, for you to offer this to our community will impact people for, for years to come. So just once more, thank you very much. My pleasure, Russell. And uh, again, thanks for the opportunity and the best of success to you and your family. Right on. All right, everybody, have yourself a wonderful day. All right. So did you enjoy that conversation as much as I enjoyed having that uh, conversation with you? You know what? It's funny. Les and I ended off the conversation right around that hour mark, and we just had a wonderful conversation after we turned the camera off and and had that. And Les is just such a generous man. And he's just such a, a wonderful person who just has a servant's heart and just gives. And we just had this wonderful conversation after that too. And he genuinely cares about the people he works with. He asked us, he goes, Russell, how can I help you in your business? And we just led into this wonderful conversation about um, some things that we're looking to do. And you know what? Stay tuned. There might be some fun things and some fun projects that come out of this as well. But what was your big key takeaway after listening to this podcast episode? What was the couple key things that you that stood out for you that you're going to implement. I know some of the important notes that I took out of this is putting that movie together, just getting that clarity, slowing down, booking that time in your calendar to just think, taking time off that one day a week, just simplifying, slowing down, because sometimes in order to go fast, you actually have to slow down in order to move forward with velocity. So by all means, guys, wherever you are listening to this episode, please leave some review, please leave some feedback, please share this with someone in your network, please share this with somebody who needs to get a little bit more focus in their life. And it, you know what? It doesn't have to be that complex. It doesn't have to be that busy. Things don't have to go a thousand miles an hour in order for you to get some progress in your life. And truly, if you just focus on those three things, your three most brilliant things that you do well, and you get a team around you, surrounded around your business, around you to take care of the rest, you will see some incredible progress in your business. And if you just focus on those five fundamentals that Les and I talked about, it doesn't have to be 27 steps. It doesn't have to be 39 things that have to happen on a blue moon on Sundays. If you just focus on just having the awareness, having laser beam focus, having key relationships in your life, powerful routines, and building the strength of your resourcefulness. If you have those five fundamentals, you truly can change your life. Okay, gang, hope you enjoyed this podcast. We're just getting revved up. We have so many more episodes to come. I'm just loving these conversations. As you can tell, I just love bringing these conversations to you. And this is one of what I would consider one of my three core things that I do well. One of the three things that I believe I'm brilliant at doing is having these wonderful conversations, connecting with amazing people like Les Hewitt and bringing that message out to a wider audience and distributing that message to people that need to hear this. Okay, gang. 
<laughs> As you can tell, I'm just excited about this. I'm recording this right after the interview with Les and I. And you know what? I have so many pages of notes that I just have to go execute and implement myself. I better get to work. I better cut this off short and I better get to work. But before we go, before we run off... As you know how we end off each and every one of these podcast episodes, remember guys, in every interaction you have with another person, always leave them feeling inspired, encouraged, and always come from a place of love. Bye for now, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Russell Westcott Podcast. Before you run off, could you do us one final favor? Wherever you're listening to this episode, we encourage you to leave a review, share with your friends, and subscribe so you can receive the latest episode to keep you feeling inspired and encouraged for the entire week. Visit www.russellwestcott.com for more information, support resources, and upcoming speaking engagements near you. Bye for now. Bye for now.